Welcome to the Hopeful Economics Podcast, a ministry of the United Church of Canada, proudly supported by Mission and Service and New Church Ministry of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ in the United States and Canada. With an incredible lineup of speakers, you'll dive deep into the relationship between social enterprise and faith. You'll learn about the economic impact of churches and how to pitch your community of faith to form new partnerships. Hopeful Economics is a way of looking at the world of assets in abundance and making them work for everyone. This content originated from the Hopeful Economics Unconference, a virtual event in March of 2021. Mark your calendars for March 3rd and 4th of 2022 to participate in the next Hopeful Economic Unconference. History of Social Enterprise. Social enterprise is not a new thing. In fact, it's a very old thing. Tradition and innovation are actually the same thing, just on a different part of the time continuum. Learn about some of the history of social enterprise and social justice around the world and how the last decade has leapt us forward in our thinking. David LePage is the founder of Buy Social Canada. I'm David LePage, and I'm the managing partner of BiSocial Canada. One of the key objectives of BiSocial Canada is to, to really advocate and to promote and, and to, to create a, a marketplace that we refer to as a social value marketplace. Because when we start to talk about some of the history of social enterprise and social justice that we want to address today, we really have to think about how does business fit? How does the marketplace work? Because when we realize that the trading of goods and services, the, the trading of value have, goes back for many, many centuries. And in fact, the historical roots in the, the communities that we now call North America, um, anthropologists and, and others are finding that the real roots of a social value marketplace go back to indigenous communities that lived here thousands and thousands of years ago. Their models of trading, their models of, of business were not about extraction, were not about exploitation, but their business model was really about building community. So we have evidence of uh, families and cultures on the West Coast raising shellfish and drying fish which was their natural resource, <clears throat> but then trading that with First Nations communities that were on the prairies that had maize. And those communities were trading with communities there where we now call New Mexico and, and Mexico, where they had gems and stones that weren't available in the North. So trading for the value of each other's community. So trading where one had the value of dried fish, the other had grains, the other had cultural artifacts and, and feathers. And those were natural things to share because sharing those elements at general and, and common meeting places was not only a way of creating a marketplace, but it was a way of creating healthy communities. So when we think about what's the real purpose of business, and we look at that in relationship to building community, social enterprise becomes a model that we really want to 
to, to leverage, to, to be the influencing factor in the marketplace. Because a social enterprise is a business, it sells goods and services, but it has an embedded social, cultural, or environmental purpose. But it also reinvests the majority of any profits back into that social purpose. So it's not just a business that does good. It's not a business that extracts. It's actually a business that intentionally reinvests not only economically, but socially, culturally, and environmentally into the community. So when we think about <clears throat> that post First Nations community model of business, and we had the colonization of the Americas by the Europeans, not only did the Europeans come, but they came with a business model, a business model that was actually epitomized by um, the philosophy of people like Milton Friedman. He, even though he was in the 20th century, he really kind of demonstrated what was the foundation of that business model. That business model was about the value of a business is to create profit for its shareholders. So the financial gain had to be created from the business model. So if you go back to the 1700s and 1800s, you see, especially as we saw the development of the industrial revolution at that time, we saw the real movement of business moving from being community-based and sharing to really about extraction and ex exploitation because the objective moved from community building to private profit. In order to gain the private profit, we had to extract that value from somewhere. So it usually came from, we misused the environment. We just dug holes and took what we wanted and left a big hole and ruined the community or we had people working 12 and 15 hours a day and children working and we ex exploited workers. We saw the reaction to that with the first development of social enterprises, cooperatives, and others responding to that in Rochdale in England when the first co-op started in the 1830s and 1840s. That was an attempt, that was the beginning of saying, no, business has to be more than just extraction and exploitation and financial value. Business has to be about community value. So we saw the business models being created. We also saw on the procurement side that some governments and buyers wanted to say, no, we're not buying from you unless you actually have an, an eight hour day. So the first beginnings of building a <clears throat> social value marketplace happened in the 1830s, 1840s, 1850s, when groups like the co-ops were starting. Charles Dickens was writing from a novelist point of view of like, wait, this can't be right to have poor houses and to treat people like this. You saw social philosophers and economists like Karl Marx saying, wait a minute, there has to be a better business model that actually builds community. So these things evolved in the 1800s. In the early 1900s, we actually started to see the beginnings of some social enterprises, uh, some of the first nonprofit businesses. We look at uh, Commissionaires, which is now a $40 million a year Canadian social enterprise that started in the 1920s to create employment for people coming out of the military. So it was a way to use business to create social value. 
and owned by a nonprofit. It wasn't looking at extraction or exploitation. It was really looking at how do we create jobs for a group of people coming out of the military who may need some supports. That model evolved in different examples, especially in healthcare and social care. But also what happened in the 20th century was this real division, this Milton Friedman leading on one side, where it was all about the value of a business is to create profit, which meant that we had the rising on the other side of sort of the charity or what I call the Mother Teresa side, which was trying to fix the problems that were being created by the business model. So what happened was the social fabric in the community was ruined because what you had is business on one side trying to create only economic value and the charity and nonprofit side on another avenue trying to create healthy communities. What we started to see in especially the 1970s and 1980s with the emergence of especially the community economic development movement, some of the alternative cultural movements was an interest in business that was different. Interest in business that was called a social enterprise. We're not about the economic value on one side and the social value on the other side, but actually how do you bring those together? How do you blend social and economic value into a business model? And it's called social enterprise. So in the 90s, in the, 18, in the 1990s, groups like uh, Roberts Enterprise Development Fund and Jed Emerson started to write and work and build businesses that were actually intended to solve community problems. So employment for people with disabilities, employment for youth. In, was it 1957, Southern Ontario, a group of factory workers were looking for affordable health care. And so a group of pharmacists got together, formed a nonprofit corporation called Green Shield Canada. It's an insurance company. It's set up as a nonprofit. And today it's nearly a billion dollar a year business that provides extended health care to people across Canada. So it still has that primary purpose that it a business it's selling healthcare, it's in the marketplace, it has a social value, it has a healthcare value, and it also, because it's owned by a nonprofit, the profits go back into supporting community work and healthcare access for people uh, who don't normally get access to it. So working with new Canadians, working with other community groups in order to extend access to their core purpose. So we start to see social enterprise in the last 20 years really start to tackle some of the most difficult issues that we've seen in community. In areas like the downtown east side in Vancouver, where there's actually right now probably 75 active social enterprises from the very small ones working with women creating art in order to provide them with uh, some social interaction, a bit of income generation, all the way up to groups like Embers, which is probably today uh, providing 400 uh, workers across the lower mainland. 
we see groups like St. Elizabeth's in uh, Toronto providing health care, especially for home care for many seniors. We see groups like Choices for Youth in St. John's, Newfoundland, creating a construction company as a way to help youth at risk get into the workforce. And it's just across the country and across issues where the social enterprise model is trying to create healthy communities. So when we put together that as a business model and we start to look at what we're trying to do on the demand side in the marketplace to get more government buying, more corporate buying, more nonprofit buying directed towards social enterprises, because the more demand we create, the more we buy products and services from social enterprises, the more opportunities, the more social value we create. So when we bring together a social procurement demand side and a social enterprise supply side, we actually have the opportunity to create a social value marketplace. And the objective of the social value marketplace is to create healthy communities that are built on community capital, not economic capital. And when we think about building community on community capital, we're not thinking just economic capital, we're thinking cultural capital, we're thinking environmental capital, we're thinking uh, social capital. We are looking at how does a community use the marketplace as a key tool to create inclusion, to create opportunities, and to provide for everyone in the community. The marketplace can be and should be another tool to build healthy communities. And you can get all the information here that we talked about at <clears throat> bysocialcanada.com and just visit anytime or get in, get in touch with us, david at bysocialcanada.com. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Hopeful Economics Podcast, a ministry of the United Church of Canada, proudly supported by Mission and Service, and New Church Ministry of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ in the United States and Canada. The Hopeful Economics Podcast is produced by Resonate Media. In the spirit of the unconference, we'd love to invite you into the conversation. Subscribe, review, and comment on our social media channels. A special thank you to those that partnered to make the Hopeful Economics possible. 1001 Worshiping Communities, Alterna, Buy Social, Faith and Finance, Metcalf Foundation, United Church of Christ, Rooted Good, Toronto Neighborhood Centers, Community Innovation Hub, and learn about Resonate Media at ResonateMediaPro.com. Thanks for listening and continue to share the blessings of health and wealth with everyone.